you are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, my friends? Welcome to another edition of Locked On NFL. I am Tony Wiggins, along with James Rapine here on a Wednesday we're going to talk training camp. We're going to talk rumors, going to talk rookies, second-year players, even some Hall of Fame stuff in today's show. What up, Jamie? What's up, Tony? How you doing, my man? Fresh off of vacation? You look good? I hope you feel good because, ready or not, the preseason is here. Yeah, it is here. You know what? I got to share something with you. I used to think that because I was black, I didn't have to use sunscreen, and then Mexico showed me, yes, you do. <laughs> You have to use sunscreen, man. That sun. I'm going to tell you something. I felt like we were sitting on the sun down there. So yeah, man, uh, had a great, great time. Um, I still was on Twitter and still watching all of the action from around the NFL, man. And uh, I I didn't get much of a break and uh, you guys shouldn't take much of a break either from Peacock and Williamson. Peacock and Williamson podcast is a fabulous listen. Monday through Friday here on the Lockdown Podcast Network and wherever you get your podcast, Brian Peacock is an NFL analyst and Matt Williamson is a former NFL scout and they give it to you like no other. So you make sure you check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast. James, a lot's going on in the uh, NFL right now in these training camps. And we're going to talk in the second segment about the, the, the stock that we put into all of the things that we hear and in the preseason. A fabulous Hall of Fame weekend that I've been able to catch snippets of. We're going to look ahead and talk about some guys that may make it next year and why some guys who made it this year may make it easier for some guys to make it next year. But first, let's not bury the lead. There's a lot going on in, in the NFL. In your town and mine, we'll start in Jacksonville. Uh, Urban's way has already made its way uh, with uh, C.J. Henderson, uh, the mystery of C.J. Henderson. I guess I can shed some light on it. Do you have any questions, by the way, about that situation? Because everyone seems to have all of these rumors floating around. Yeah, that, that one certainly caught me off guard, right? The C.J. Henderson one, just in general, right? You're talking about a 2020 first rounder, and, and you look at him, and, and let me ask you, why why is this out there? You're on the Jags beat. You're covering this team. I think both of us believe in Urban Meyer and what he's trying to build there in Jacksonville, and you would assume from a 1,000 feet that Henderson would be a building block, not a – an asset that you're going to flip for one of those building blocks of the future. So what, uh, what is it as, as far as you know, because I'm, I'm sure that uh, there's something that you don't know at the same time. This is one of those things that I felt could go one way or the other. And what I mean by that is when you look at his talent, urban loves talent, right? And um, CJ played for Dan Mullen, who obviously coached under urban Meyer for years at Florida. So you would think that there was an Avenue where it could work and the, the ceiling would be sky high because Urban loves that talent, right? But then the other side of it, CJ sometimes appeared to have a lot of mental lapses last year, and he was the kind of kid that sort of needed a hug every now and then in practice. Urban has hired these coaches that, you know, he all, we always talk about, he talks about the physical profile and the performance. He also has guys that focus on the mental aspect and the competitiveness aspect. and that almost seems like that it breeds uh, 
a monolithic approach that where guys have to conform to to one standard if they're coachable by him if they're going to understand and be able to be coached by him so let me just say this in college he had a guy in tim tebow who was kissing babies and saving the world nini had a guy named aaron hernandez who was a gang member basically right who ended up killing people or persons or maybe people yeah percy harvin who uh, allegedly choked the coach on the on the practice field and they kept practicing so it's not a personality issue what it is is you have to have a competitive gene he doesn't care if you're a preacher or gang member he cares that if he throws a filet mignon in the middle of the field you're going to compete and you're going to scratch and claw and eat and try to get that steak cj henderson is a real nice kid he's super quiet he's introverted but I think he has to be pushed to compete. And I think that doesn't fit with what Urban wants to do. So I think Urban's probably trying to figure out if he can reach him. And if he can't, it doesn't mean C.J. Henderson's a bad player. It just means that he probably needs to find him somewhere else to go. So let me ask you this then, because if those rumblings are out there and I'm a team, even a team in need of a corner, am I going to want to give up a major asset for a guy who might lack the competitive gene a bit. And with that said, you may say yes, because we see it all the time. You know, teams look at talent like, oh, they might not be able to get it out of them, but I can get it out of them. And coaches that believe that and GMs that believe that. So what is his value? Because it's it's such an odd time. You rarely see second-year, first-round pick traded. It's uh, I, 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 peeked, I poked around a little bit, to, uh, and I actually did contact uh, some execs and I have to quote them anonymous anonymously. They said it's a one plus. They still said it's a first round pick plus something because, wow. because, and here's the reason, because everyone does not believe in urban Myers approach. Everyone doesn't believe mm-hmm. that there are some teams that are built to cater to different types of guys, personalities, just like you sort of just mentioned, there are teams that are built to, to absorb guys that everyone isn't the same. And like I just described, Urban, you don't have to be the same personality, but you do have to be the same competitor. There are other teams that you absolutely do not have to be the same competitor, but you do have to be the same athlete or you do have to be the same personality. So some teams Mm -hmm. are built on personality. Some teams are built on competitive gene. That's why I gave you the example of Aaron Hernandez and, and Tim Tebow basically being roommates, totally different people, but bonded by the competitive gene. And that's what Urban Meyer probably uh, values more than anything. Um, some other teams probably value the personality traits more than anything. Uh, guys that don't, uh, you know, guys that are going to get along and guys that are going to be uh, friends on and off the field. And so I do think, uh, and in fact, one guy told me the fact that Urban can't motivate him isn't a turnoff to some people because some people may be turned off by Urban. Urban mm-hmm. isn't everybody's cup of tea. There are a lot of people yeah. who do things differently. And there, there are probably 20 coaches that had their own evaluation of C.J. Henderson that valued him as a high pick and probably feels like Urban uh, handled him wrong. And there are probably 20 coaches that look at Urban coming to the NFL and saying, performance this, performance that, who the hell does this dude think he is? And 
that he th has some sort of magic formulas that's going to come to the NFL and work as if we haven't already been doing this stuff. So, yeah, there'll be people that's willing to prove that, sure, I can make C.J. Henderson work where he can't make him work. All right, let me ask you this, and I'm going to just keep asking you questions because this is a deal I would do if I'm Jacksonville. And Michael Thomas, obviously unhappy right now with the Saints and the way they handled his injury and he got surgery and he's going to miss some time and he might start the season uh, on one of these, you know, the pup list or one of these lists and miss the first six weeks, seven weeks, something like that. C.J. Henderson for Michael Thomas. If I'm Sean Payton, you need some secondary help. That part makes sense. You had a, a first round talent that you didn't have a chance at last year because you were too good. Do you do that? Who adds another piece to it? Or is it a, a fair trade straight up? And uh, obviously, Urban won a national championship with Michael Thomas at Ohio State. So there's a, a tie there. My man, Ross Jackson, locked on Saints and locked on NFL would love this. Uh, because there are two guys that, really? are, te there are, two guys that are teammates wow. of, of C.J. Henderson. Um, I think Brian Poole's there, and I know for a fact that uh, Gardner, uh, C.J. Gardner, uh, oh. the, the, the troublemaker. The dude is always punching people after, you know. I called him a troublemaker, but uh, Chauncey Gardner. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, they, they were teammates. And some people suggest that C.J. Henderson would be better served going somewhere where he's familiar with people. And Michael Thomas is very familiar with Urban. Now, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that receiver is a – a high need of Jacksonville, but you ain't going to turn down a dude that knows how to catch a hundred balls though. It's just that are you, you're wondering if you're willing to pay that price because you have to pay DJ Chark next year and you already have LaVisca Chenault and you're paying Marvin Jones Jr. as well. But if you want to get your wide receiver, I mean, your brand new quarterback, a bunch of weapons, I think it'd be a good thing to do. And um, I, I think they may though be leaning more towards the draft picks than, than a player. Uh, but I, I don't think Urban would turn it down because it, because it is Michael Thomas. Yeah, it's that's an interesting one to me. And if I'm the Saints, I want more than just C.J. Henderson, by the way. It's Michael Thomas. And I know he's been injured and, you know, it was a rough year last year. But that dude was arguably the best receiver in the league a year ago at this time. I mean, he was certainly putting up numbers like it. And I know they didn't have a, a lot of other guys around him. But even if it is a, a Marvin Jones Jr. and C.J. Henderson, and by the way, I covered Marvin Jones. The dude would be good in a dome, by the way, catching passes from Jameis Winston or, I guess, Taysom Hill. Either yeah. way, uh, I, I think there's a uh, th there could be a match there. That would be an interesting one for sure. It would be. And uh, the, the Jaguars won one game last year. If you want to see the ceiling of C.J. Henderson, the one game they won was the first game of the year. And and, this, and we're going to talk about the value of preseason, too, because C.J. really didn't do much. There wasn't really – there was an abbreviated offseason last year. So, in practice, it was like, uh, I don't know. And there were a bunch of Florida Gator fans around here going, like, uh, I didn't necessarily like to pick. And on opening day against T.Y. Hilton and Phillip Rivers, this dude was the best football player on the field. And the only game they won last year, they beat the Colts, and they wouldn't have done it without him. So, if you look back at that tape, and there's a video floating around on Twitter of him and his best performance. It was that game, and it was the only game that they won. So, But we'll talk more about that, uh, in, and we'll, we'll catch up more uh, in the following segment, in segment number two, on training camps. There's some rookies. I want to ask you, because one rookie that I love that people are trying to kill right now, I want to find out the truth about my man Jamar Chase. So we'll do that on segment two here on a Wednesday on Locked On NFL in just a second.
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, whether it's NFL prop bets, right? This is locked on NFL. Maybe you, you want to get into a little preseason action. You can do that at bet online. Plus, baseball season in full swing. You got uh, the NBA draft over, but free agency almost over too. Do you like the Lakers as the favorite with Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony and company, or is Brooklyn going to take down the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. You can bet on all of that in one spot, betonline.ag. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and go to betonline.ag right now and use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, it's free money. All you got to do is use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, your man, James Rapine. You just heard his voice, and I am Tony Wiggins. This is an interesting outtake you guys will never hear. I came back off vacation and initially said that, hi, welcome to Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. I am Tony Rapine. I had not worked out the kinks of the tequila, and uh, I just thought I'd just self-deprecate and tell you guys that I actually did that. And uh, I'm going to send that to the folks over at Locked On and let them have a good little laugh at that. got lifted so much in Mexico, I forgot my name, but that's okay. <laughs> I want to. We've been talking about. Uh, we've been talking about uh, a rookie in my hometown, in my city, because sometimes when we do these national shows, we try to make sure that we don't make it too personal about the teams that we cover. But when our when our guys are the guys that are talking about a national news, we have to actually do that. I'm going to ask you about Jamar Chase because. Uh, this is where sometimes, and we, and like we're going to talk later about overblowing the preseason. I read somewhere yesterday, and I know it may be a colleague of yours, and I'm not going to mention his name. I'm not going to try to kill him or drag him. But people are talking about Jamar Chase not showing separation and struggling and dropping balls and showing Russ from having the year off. And I'm sitting here like, and then other people are quoting it saying, I told you so. Why are people killing this this dude? Are people still over the they didn't draft Panay Suel? They're not over that stuff yet, are they? No, no, and no. I'll say is that I, I I love Paul Daner Jr. of the Athletic. He uh, he's the one who wrote it, and, and it's he's not wrong. Like Chase has had drops in camp, and there's been times where he hasn't gotten as much separation as you've wanted. At the same time, he's also gotten separation deep downfield and roasted Chidobe Awuzie or Trey Waynes, and they haven't been able to connect at times. And if you connect on those throws, and Burrow's just left a few throws short that uh, would have been big plays. And that was earlier in camp. Look, overall, is it does it seem a little underwhelming because the offense hasn't hit the ground running on all cylinders? Absolutely, with the expectations. And that includes Jamar Chase. But I'm not pressing panic or saying that it was the wrong pick or anything like that. And I don't think Paul was either. But that's the problem with social media, Tony, is – now, suddenly, Jalen Waddle's the best receiver in this draft class. Obviously, he is because he's fast. Chase is going to struggle. He's getting compared to Nikhil Harry by some people. Like, get, pump the damn brakes. All right? Like, Chase never won with huge separation anyway in college. That, that, that's not where uh, he was the, you know, the best at that. At the same time, he is getting separation. And he is learning the NFL playbook. And he is going up and high-pointing the ball over NFL corners. And, yeah, he's had some drop issues. Okay. 
We'll see how that goes. But he's also working on the jugs machine after every practice. He's also, uh, I look back at 2019, he only had five drops at LSU with uh, 80, what was it, 86 catches or 81 catches or something like that. So I don't really worry about the drops. I think it's more of a concentration thing. He's thinking about, uh, you know, the routes he's running and he's not just acting yet. And that's a lot of receivers at this stage because the Bengals are giving him everything. They're not spoon-feeding him and, and slowly bringing him along. They want him to hit the ground running on September 12th. So I think it's way too soon to make any crazy observations. And, and to me, he has flashed, and that's what you want to see in training camp. And, and that's really all you can ask for now. Do you need to see more? Do I, I want to see, you know, not be having the same conversation two weeks from now? Absolutely. And uh, he'll get to uh, put his talents on display this week against the Bucks on Saturday night, and uh, that'll be without Joe Burrow. But still, Jamar Chase will be able to get some run there in the preseason. People always overreaction when they. I think I used this analogy before. If you saw Michael Jackson in concert with his routines and his choreography, you didn't see him practicing because in practice they screwed it up. And if you look back at the the scouting report for Jamar Chase, they talked about his separation once the ball is in the air. And if you look at the comps of Jamar Chase, I was talking to John Ledyard about it. It was Antonio Brown and uh, Devontae Adams. Neither of those guys were necessarily burners, but they were guys who separated when the ball was in the air. And if you look at the two best receivers in the NFL right now on most people's list, it's Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. Neither one of those guys are separation guys. They're route running guys who fight for the ball and who also separate when the ball is in the air. The thing is, is we often overblow things and we attempt to rewrite the narratives and try to make someone something that we never said they were in the first place. And I think that's what's going on with Jamar Chase. Watch and wait until the lights come on. Um, who didn't know Jalen Water was faster than Jamar Chase? Did you not know that? Yeah. Yeah, that's it, a good way to put it, honestly. That, that's a good way to put it because we knew what Waddle brought. And I thought Waddle was a really good player. Uh, I've also asked some people, guess what? He's had some drops in training camp too. But that hasn't been written about the same way or – and it probably has been written about. It hasn't been reacted to the same way. There aren't you know these hungry dogs waiting to pounce the moment you see uh, a little chink in the armor. And the other thing with Waddle is health. I think he's a little nicked up right now in Dolphins camp from what I'm hearing. It's not like he's not limping around a little bit from what I've heard. So, you know, I'm not there, but you check in with people and you ask them. And I think Waddle's going to be a really, really good player. And the same with Penny Sewell. And I think that's part of it, too, is there's some uncertainty with the Bengals' offensive line. But to me, Chase could still very much end up being the best of the three. And uh, I, I'm certainly not conceding that and I haven't seen anything and I've been at every single Bengals practice every single one every day uh, I'm, I'm not worried and I don't think the Bengals are worried about his and I don't even want to call it a slow start because his quarterback got off to a slow start and the offense in general got off to a slow start and this defense might be a little better than people realize too so I, I think Chase is going to be just fine I think he'll be fine too um you notice how the talk surrounding certain players is because usually because people are still angry that they didn't take somebody else. So if one of those tackles starts to emerge, or let's just say Jonah Williams plays lights out at left tackle, 
and people stopped talking about Panay Well, I'll tell you what's happened in Jacksonville. People thought the Jaguars should have used their second of their two first round picks on an offensive lineman. Well, Walker Little, who was picked 40, what, 42, 45th, now looks like a steal in the second round. And then this guy who's going to be a future, I mean, a superstar here in Jacksonville. Nobody's talking about Travis Etienne was a bad pick anymore. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because they found a steal in Walker Little, who was a former five-star recruit in the second round. So nobody's saying that they should have taken it. You know who they should have taken in, in the second with their second pick in the first round? Walker Little. And if they'd done that, people would have destroyed him too. So usually it's not about the guy who was picked. It's about the guy who wasn't picked that everybody wanted to be picked. So everybody's going to keep nitpicking about the guy who was picked. I hope y'all got that. <laughs> no, you're right. Because people are petty and I'm petty. So I get it. I understand it. You, you're waiting to pounce and waiting to prove your point. And look, uh, at, at some point, though, you have to let it go and, and look at the picks. And hell, you just mentioned Walker Little. I think Bengals fans would love a Walker Little right now instead they got jackson carmen as their third string guard on the first depth chart so we'll see there and but that being said i think jamar chase was the right pick and i think we'll see it and i there's i don't think there's really any doubt in uh from the people at paul brown stadium despite again without for lack of a better term because i wouldn't even call it that a a less than explosive slash slow start for the offense as a whole including jamar chase Great Hall of Fame weekend, one of the best ones I, I remember where every speech, you know, Edger and James speech for me, uh, it resonated with me because it's it's sort of kind of where I'm from type stuff. My voice is breaking up. I'm not crying. We're going to talk about that and talk about some possibilities of guys who can make the Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame next year. We'll do it in just a second here on Locked On NFL. After I tell you guys about Built Bar, I've been talking to you about Built Bar now for it seems like an eternity, and I'm going to keep doing it because it's the best tasting protein bar I've ever had. I took Built Bar with me to Mexico, and people were begging for it, and I said, absolutely not. You got to buy your own, and you can do it at BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and even get 15% off of your first order. Now, my personal favorite is the salted caramel because I like the contrast of the salt and the caramel. But my go-to backup is the raspberry flavor. And you can find your own go-to because they have nine great flavors to choose from. Now, they're 100% covered in chocolate, either 17 or 18 grams of protein, uh, barely any sugar, any carbs. And and it's just so, so good for you, man. Built Bar, if you're trying to work out, you're going to be able to make sure that you can watch your weight with them and they're a tremendous snack. Tastes like a candy bar, but it's not. It's a protein bar. So go to Built Bar, BuiltBar.com, and use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order of Built Bar. Back here on a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL, Tony Wiggins, James Rapine. James, uh, uh, did you check out the Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony? I, I did. I did. I mean, h- how could you not with those those legends? I mean, what a class. Obviously, you start with Peyton Manning. You mentioned James, which I'm kind of biased. James is the man because of, uh, you know, Edron James and, and my name is James. But, yeah, I did. I did check it out. It, it was really cool. And, uh, man, 
you didn't get emotional last segment, but a lot of them did, and I get it. Because when you pour your heart and soul into a game, and you end up in in that exclusive club in Canton, it's uh, it's an emotional moment. It is, man, and it just shows you how guys grew up. Uh, I'm older than Edger and James, but I do remember him when he came into the league, and he was already a good guy and, and was a little bit misunderstood, but. It's not I'm, – I'm not talking about the way you articulated, and I'm not talking about the gold teeth and the dreadlocks and all that because he still has dreadlocks. What I'm talking about is Edgerman used to be sort of shy and uh, not maybe not to the people that knew him, but the Edgerman James that gave that speech the other day, you wouldn't have got that speech from him if he stuck a microphone in his face when he was 21 years old. That just wasn't – he wasn't going to do that. To see him he, – he was funny. He was funny and he was charming. And uh, for him to say, you know, folks used to make comments, and I do remember those comments because they said that about a guy that I'm going to mention later, Fred Taylor. They talked about those dudes as if I hate when people use the word thug just because of a person, uh, their appearance. But he says uh, when he said he's he's inmate number 336, locked up in the Canton Correctional Institution for the rest of his life. I, I loved it, man, because it's almost like, yeah, take that. Shut up. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) folks have, and when he talked about how he gave his body to protect his quarterback and how we all need to make sacrifices and take care of each other, because I end all of these podcasts by saying, take care of each other. And at some point throughout all of our differences, we have to find a way to take care of each other. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And that is the, I think the most underrated responsibility for a running back that football coaches will stress and running backs coaches and, and even running backs. Right. But we don't focus on and, you know, but, but the, the sacrifice that comes with that, that's not fun when there's a defensive end that's running at your quarterback and you're five ten or six foot and, and you know, two ten, and you have to get in the way of that and, and somehow stop them or two twenty and do that. And, and that's a, that's a tough job. You're not an offensive lineman. You're not built to block Jadavian Clowney, but at times you're going to have to and, and just lay some wood on him just for a second to slow him down so he doesn't crush your quarterback. And that's something Edron James did um, in, in multiple stops. And I, hell, I remember when, I remember him when he came into the league, and I was really young then. Uh, and, the, and then you watch him evolve as a player and become arguably the best or one of the best uh, at his peak in, in the game. There were a lot of great running backs during that time, but he was certainly up there. He is, and you know who's up, who else is up there? I I told Fred Taylor this in the press box maybe three or four years ago. I said he, he Edgerin James and Fred were in the same division. Edgerin's team had more success than Fred's, but I told Fred this. I said Fred Edge may be, and they're good friends because they're you know one guy's from Pahokee and another guy's from the town right next to it. It's called the Muck, the Bellglade uh, area. I, I think Edge is from Pahokee. And Fred is from Belglade. And they, they know each other really, really well. And I told Fred, I said, Edge may have to get in for you to get in. And, yeah. you know, because he's had a little bit, you know, statistically a better career. But Fred Taylor averaged, listen to this, for his career, 4.6 yards per carry. Now watch this. In eight different seasons, James, he averaged 4.6 yards per carry. In eight different years, he averaged 4.6 yeah. yards per carry. That's the, the only person uh, that has that many carries and that long of a career to have a better average is Barry Sanders. 
I, I don't know if people really understand that Fred was 6'1", 228, and ran a 4'3", 40. And if he came out of the draft right now, he'd be a top 10 pick, just like he was back then. There's an Adrian Peterson body. He's going to make it. I think at some point he has to be considered. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you another one. There's a bunch of receivers next year. There's Steve Smith, Anquan Bolden, Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson has four years individually with more yards than any year that Larry Fitzgerald has. He has, he has four years with more yards than any year that Larry Fitzgerald has. And yeah. Larry, Larry Fitzgerald has nine and Larry Fitzgerald's great. He's the first hall first. He's top five all time. He's number one with a bullet uh, first ballot. But the thing is he has 9,000 yard season. Andre Johnson has seven. And 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 people are sitting there going, he's in the Hall of Very Good. No, he was great. He just had a knee injury, and he didn't have a Hall of Fame quarterback throwing in the ball. Last guy I'm going to mention is this, and he's he, he's not on the ballot for the first time, Jimmy Smith. Now I just told you that Andre has seven thousand yard seasons, and I'm going to and, and that uh, Fitzgerald has nine. Jimmy Smith has eleven thousand one thousand yard seasons, dude. Mm-hmm. At some point in a different game, it was a different era, too. Yeah, at some point, we have to understand that I think they need to start giving players more votes than they do media because if market sizes were stopping these guys from getting in, and I know I just mentioned two Jaguars, but also just mentioned a lot of facts, and the facts that I just mentioned they can't be denied because the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, I'm going to mention one more, and it, it coincides with what you're saying because if you don't have the team success. You get overlooked. And Willie Anderson was a, an amazing right Incredible. tackle. Held Incredible. it down. Incredible. And and he's just he, – he doesn't get the recognition he deserves. And part of that's because the, the Bengals, I don't think – and they're getting better at it, but don't celebrate their past as much. But that's another one. But I agree with you. Uh, so I, I think Willie should be in. I agree with you on Andre Johnson, though. Andre Johnson's peak – Oh, people are going to hate me for saying this, but I, I don't care because if Andre Johnson had Kurt Warner at his peak, I think he could have went to the Super Bowl too Absolutely. and had those plays. Andre Johnson's peak was better than Larry Fitzgerald's. I think so too. I, 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 I believe that. Now, it's really damn close. Yes. And Larry Fitzgerald's so consistent and was great. Like, I'm not. It, but the, the thing you point out, you mentioned two receivers there. There's an issue with the Hall of Fame and receivers. And I, I don't really. Get it because you you have these guys. I mean, Jimmy Smith. You just mentioned eleven one thousand yard seasons. Well, that that should be enough. But there's this backlog, and it's weird, and it's tough. And if you're not on a great team, and and so no, I, I don't think Andre Andre Johnson was in the Hall of Very Good at by any stretch. I think he was in the Hall of Fame. I think that's what he deserves, the Hall of Great. And if he had played, you know, with with any of these, you know potentially top-tier quarterbacks, even borderline, right? Kurt Warner, uh, there were times during his career, specifically with the Giants, where people counted him out. He goes to Arizona for nothing. But Larry Fitzgerald, he had Warner, and then he had Palmer when people counted Palmer out. Still a very, very, very good quarterback. Not a Hall of Famer, but a very good quarterback. Andre Johnson didn't have much of that. Matt Schaub, that's the best you got? Like, yeah. that's tough. That that That's tough. So I, I agree with you overall. Andre Johnson has four years of 1500 or more yards one of those years he had 1600 and he didn't have the guy on the other side like all of these dudes 
Larry I'm going to give you Larry, one Larry Fitzgerald had Anquan Bolden for, for at least mm-hmm. three years. Uh, yeah. Andre Johnson didn't have – no, I'm sorry, you know? Uh, yeah, and, and I'm going to give you one more, and it's quarterback play with him too, Steve Smith. Yep. I think Steve Smith is absolutely – a Hall of Famer. He was so damn dynamic. He resurrected his career in Baltimore for a few years. And every single Sunday you face Steve Smith, opposing defensive coordinators needed to figure out how they were going to contain that man. Because he was strong. He was physical. He he would help lead his team some. And yeah, he would chirp and didn't necessarily gel with Cam Newton. Well, he was probably right about Cam to a degree. And in, in his mentality, I, I just, I love Steve Smith. And I, I think he again, is another one of those guys that, and hell, you did go to a Super Bowl, but another one of those guys that if he would have had an elite quarterback, if he would have been able to to play with a a Brady for a year or two, it would have been insane. And heck, we saw what Randy Moss did in Oakland, right? It's hard when you you don't feel like you have a chance to to suit up and and do that as a receiver every single week. So I I think he deserves it too. And I do think Cam was elite, but I think Cam – Cam's best years are actually when Steve left because that's when Cam yep. won the MVP. So you're right, man. This is fun, man. There's a lot of, lot of fun here today. Um, Locked on bets. We got to check out locked on bets, right? With your boy Q. Yep. Yeah. Your boy Q and Lee Sterling. You get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. You can follow locked on bets in the podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Jamie, I know you got to head to the training camp practice, and I got to watch to see what's going on with here. I'm going to follow NFL guidelines and quarantine myself from practice since I traveled internationally. I'm going to quarantine myself two weeks from practice, but I will be observing and checking everything out. But we'll be back here, same time, same place. We're also going to get ourselves on the Locked On NFL page here once i get my computer issues straightened out so look out for us doing that but until then check out james on locked on Bengals and me on locked on jaguars and continue to listen here every day uh to locked on nfl here wherever you get your podcast all right man continue to take care of each other tony and james uh, we'll see you next week take care